Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 132, that the Lord might show forth his power in them. Last week was a good week for me. Thank you to those who took the opportunity to participate in the Confidently Creating course that I did last week. We learned some good stuff. We learned the principles of creation and how we can apply them in our own lives because we too are creators. It begins with articulating our desires, those desires that have been placed upon our hearts for a very important reason, and then partnering up with Jesus Christ to move forward and create. We learn some great stuff about our brains, about the natural man, how we, like God, need to focus on the small and simple things when we're looking for the next right step, how God created everything spiritually first, so that's an empowering place to begin for us. And to learn how to begin from a place of abundance, not from nothing, not from scarcity, but taking your successes and having them create momentum for you. It is a mind shift practice, and that is rewarding. It allows you to develop your ability to receive personal revelation because you're partnering with Jesus Christ in this process, which is what we're all striving to do. So I'll let you know that in March this month, I will be doing it again beginning on March 22nd, so you can go and you can sign up for that starting today so that you can be a part of that course. So, Alma chapter 8. We often think that our covenant to take upon ourselves the name of Jesus Christ means we are willing to speak of him, perhaps serve someone in need, do the Christ-like thing. Stand up for the friendless, to give a talk in church when we're asked, or to do our ministering, to say we belong to his church, and it means all of it. But what if taking upon ourselves the name of Jesus Christ also means I'll undergo tribulation and sorrow and anguish. I'll work through being afraid and ridiculed, rejected and unappreciated even, so that you, Lord, might show forth your power in me. That's what I see here in chapter 8 of Alma. And fortunately, because we aren't always able to see this in our own lives, we are able to have the curtain pulled back just a little bit, just enough to see the workings of God on behalf of Alma by fortifying him and also preparing another man to step up and stand beside Alma. Alma had had success in the city of Gideon, remember? He was able to establish the order of the church, and after doing so, he went back home to rest and finish out the end of the ninth year of the reign of the judges. And in the tenth year, Alma began his missionary work again. He traveled to the land of Melech, and the people gathered, and they were baptized, and Alma was able to make a three-day journey then to the land of Ammonihah. Now, Ammonihah was a completely different ball game for Alma. In verse 9, Mormon writes that Satan had gotten great hold upon the hearts of the people of the city of Ammonihah. Therefore, they would not hearken unto the words of Alma. I wonder why that was. We'll find out in a few verses why Satan had such great holds upon their hearts. But, you know, in Alma fashion, 
I'm sure drawing upon his efforts, his successes in Zarahemla, Alma labored much in spirit. The scriptures say he wrestled with God in mighty prayer. Do you know what that feels like? Sometimes that can be tribulation in and of itself. Trying to find direction, but not feeling like you're receiving it. Desiring to do and take the next right step, but not confident what that will look like or should look like. Questioning why your righteous desires aren't a part of his plan for you. And feeling like your pleas are just hitting the ceiling. Or worse, falling upon deaf ears. Now, spiritually, we know that this isn't the case. However, these are the natural man thoughts that we wrestle with and we need to pick off one by one. They are the thoughts that rob us of our strength and of our confidence. And what makes this wrestling with God on behalf of the people of Ammonihah more tragic is the desire of Alma's. Alma didn't desire popularity or personal gain and accolade. He only desired that the Spirit be poured out upon the people so that he might baptize them unto repentance. His desire was for the welfare of his brethren and to glorify his God. But the people, they appear to be unaffected by Alma's efforts or his desires. They, in fact, only hardened their hearts even more and became belligerent towards him. They reminded Alma that he had no authority among them anymore. Not only did they not belong to his church, but since he was no longer the chief judge, he had no power over them. So they withstood all his words. They reviled him, spit upon him, and caused that he should be cast out of their city. Why? With Alma's intentions being so pure and working on behalf of and in the name of the Supreme God, why could Alma have no effect upon the people's hearts? And why was he permitted to be treated so poorly. He was doing God's work. He was speaking God's word. He left behind his life, his family, his security of shelter and home to come among them and to show them the path of happiness. Yet he was rejected and he was despised by them. Alma walked away from Ammonihah, weighed down with sorrow waiting through much tribulation and anguish of soul. Yet, in verse 14, slipped in between the description of Alma's emotional state is the answer to our questions. Alma's efforts, they did not have an effect upon the people. And Alma was permitted to be abused because of the wickedness of the people. God respects our agency, so much so that he will not force us to change if we choose not to. I often think, and we'll see in scripture in a few chapters to support this, but God will give us enough space to either allow us to choose to be redeemed or to be condemned, to allow our enough time for our actions to testify against us. And while that is truth, and that is good for us to be aware of, what about Alma, though? He has taken upon himself the name of Jesus Christ, and he is speaking, or a better term would be prophesying, of the Redeemer. Yet he's experiencing hostile treatment that must have felt violating, abusive, and probably downright scary. Not always will standing up for Jesus Christ feel warm and cozy. Not always will it feel comfortable, 
But this account of Alma's gives us some key points to search for when when you feel you are being persecuted in his name or for when you're trying to be a disciple of Jesus Christ yet. Tribulation is weighing you down. Number one, seek for a progress report. I'm recognizing now that I should have searched for the quote from President Nelson before beginning, but I can tell you that he has said this since he was a prophet. So that gives you a little time window to search his words. But he tells us that we have the privilege to turn to God and ask him where we stand with him, and he will tell us. Joseph Smith says that true confidence comes from knowing that we are right with the Lord. And as Alma walked back from Ammonihah, and because he is human, I'm willing to bet that some of his sorrow, his anguish, and being weighed down by tribulation came from his concern or his question, is it I? Could I have done more? Is there an approach I missed, a soul I overlooked, a moment where I erred? What did I miss? And there, right in the middle of traveling to wherever he was headed, Alma received his progress report. And this report comes with so much tender mercy from the Lord. I I can't help but smile and think of God's goodness. Alma was visited by an angel, but it wasn't just any angel. He was visited by that same angel that came to him several years prior, causing the ground to shake so that Alma could know, feel, is the better word, feel the power and authority of God along with his goodness and glory. And events that transpired since that time, it had caused a full circle moment for Alma. This progress report is coming 10 plus years since Alma was stopped in his tracks, in his own rebellion, and in his own persecution of the church. And this time, that same angel is declaring to Alma that he is blessed and he has cause to rejoice. Since receiving that first message from the angel, Alma had been faithful in keeping the commandments of God. In other words, the angel is telling him, Alma, you can stand in confidence in the sight of God. Therefore, the angel commanded Alma to return back to Ammonihah and to preach to the people of repentance or be destroyed. And this reason, and I never had focused on this before, I had passed right over it, but check out how relevant or how much the Lord pays attention to this particular action. The angel said, Behold, they, meaning the people of Ebonihah, do study at this time that they may destroy the liberty of thy people, which is contrary to the statutes and judgments and commandments which he has given unto his people. That's interesting, isn't it? Alma was in the process of just turning his back upon this people forever, accepting their ways and letting them just be to themselves. But this was not the intention that they had towards the people of Nephi. Their intention, they were planning to destroy the liberty of the Nephites, and the Lord sent an angel of the Lord to a servant of the Lord, who had taken upon himself the name of Jesus Christ, and the angel was commanding him to intervene to give the people of Ammonihah a last chance and to also stand and protect the Nephites from a threat that they didn't even know was brewing. 
Isn't it fascinating how often in the past 10 years since the people have been given their liberty, how many people have risen up to try and take that liberty away from them? That is Satan's desire. It has been from the beginning and when he is able to infect men with his desire, their hearts do become hardened to the word of God because their desires are in direct opposition to God's. So, in the process of speaking with the angel, Alma received communication that he is blessed and that he can rejoice, that he should rejoice. And that is energy changing, isn't it? How can we go about our duties every day differently if we moved forward in confidence that we are right with the Lord? How would we be able to handle disappointments, challenging assignments, stretching opportunities better and with more confidence if we knew this? How would we thrive in these situations if we moved forward knowing we are ready for victory instead of feeling like we're just lambs to the slaughter? We can see how Alma's energy changed because we read about his response after Alma had received his message from the angel of the Lord. He returned speedily to the land of Ammonihah, the same land that had rejected him, thrown him out, spit upon him, challenged his right to speak to them and threatened him. Alma ran back to that place because of what he now knew. And in preparation And to stay in this state or in this energy and focus, Alma fasted much on behalf of the people, which could be counted as our second point to pay attention to. But number three is happening behind the scenes. This is what we don't always typically get to see. We don't get to see how the Lord is influencing and preparing the hearts of others to support our desires, to stand beside us and further his work together with us or to lift us out of our tribulations. And that's what the Lord has been doing all along. His name was Amulek. And Amulek describes himself as being a descendant of Nephi, who was a descendant of Manasseh, who was the son of Joseph, who was sold into Egypt by the hands of his brethren. And the Lord had chosen a man, Amulek, who had a significant reputation among the Ammonihah people. He was a man of influence, both in riches and in associates. According to Amulek, he hadn't known the ways of the Lord. The Lord's mysteries or power was not known to him. And he described himself as having a hard heart, for he had been called many times by the Spirit, but he wouldn't hear. Isn't that interesting? The Spirit can be speaking to us, but we can use our agency to put him off. But Amulek was so truthful with himself that he recognized that he was putting the Spirit off. And so Amulek made the choice to go on rebelling in his heart until the fourth day of the seventh month of the tenth year of the reign of Judges, when an angel appeared to him instructing Amulek to return home and prepared to feed a prophet of God. This time, Amulek obeyed, and he prepared to meet the prophet of God. Now, during this time of returning back to Ammonihah and fasting for the sins of the people there, Alma had no clue that the Lord was preparing someone to stand by him in his tribulation, in his sorrow, and in his anguish. But the Lord was, and he does for you and I. 
my most dearest friends have come in moments of great sadness for me, sadness that was not known to those outside of my home. And even when a few of those friendships have come to an end for whatever reason, there's always lingering gratitude in my heart for what they gave me in my moment when I was just hoping that things can get better. Look for those people who have been sent your way. And number four, look how you're being fed, perhaps by friendship, perhaps by the Spirit and its manifestations upon your heart, perhaps by the miracles of faith, perhaps by the opening of your mind to the scriptures and you're receiving meaning, perhaps by the partaking of the sacrament or the small and simple things that we all often overlook but now are highlighted and beautiful in your eyes. Notice how it's feeding you and filling you when you thought you were empty and depleted. God will provide and God will sustain, especially when you are daily willing to take upon yourself the name of Jesus Christ, allowing yourself to be filled by the good shepherd and partaking of his filling that is everlasting. And it will be a blessing unto you, just like it was a blessing unto Alma and also unto Amulek and his household, for they were filled with the spirit of prophecy as Alma taught and testified of Jesus Christ for several days in their home. Finally, number five, when you're putting off the weight of tribulation and the depression of spirit that accompanies it, express gratitude for the progress report. Express gratitude for the opportunity to fast and commune with the spirit, for the angels both here on earth and on the other side of the veil who have been sent to support you. Express gratitude for the filling you up with the everlasting bread and water of life because to be filled feels satisfying and safe, secure and sustained. I know that's a lot of S's, but that is what comes to my mind when I'm thinking of being full. Even when I'm filled after a good meal, I notice how my perspective is broadened and my capacity is strengthened to carry on. All of this we engage in, so that the Lord might show his power in us. That is the privilege and the work that Alma was able to participate in, in the name of the Lord. While Alma tarried many days with Amulek, the people outside of Amulek's home waxed more gross in their iniquities. And that is an example to us, that in our homes we can find refuge as we speak of Christ, and make room for his spirit within our walls. And the outside, outside of our walls, the people can wax more gross in their iniquities, yet we can grow more abundantly in his power. God showed up for his servant, who was sorrowing and in anguish. He showed up for him because of the work Alma was willing to do, sacrificing to do, in fact. The Lord was about to give his power unto Alma and to Amulek as well. He's about to bestow power upon Alma that he will not be able to be confined in dungeons and it will be impossible to slay him and Amulek. This power, in the case of Alma and Amulek, will be shown in the last moments possible when they're bound and cast into prison. That's when the Lord will show up. That is when the Lord will show forth his power in them. So remember, our Lord, he's a third watch God. 
not rescuing us on the first watch or the second, but when it will make the most impact upon his children or upon us, that's when the God of miracles and mercy shows his power. So the next time when you're sorrowing and in anguish because of your tribulations, please follow the pattern set for us in Alma chapter 8. Trust it completely and realize that if the Lord isn't quite visible, perhaps it's because you aren't completely bound or cast into prison yet. But his power is upon you because you were willing to take his name upon you in the first place. And because you were and are, he will show forth his power in you.